Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here on a Friday, nice sunny Friday. And I'm here, I'm by myself. The dog is going to get polished, uh, groomed. And so here we are. First off, I have a voicemail from Tim Shorts at Gothridge Manor. Take it away, Tim. Hey, Glenn. Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. Uh, it was good talking to you a little bit last night at the ta- tavern shop. The whole clue thing and information thing, I, I kind of, um, I've done the three clue thing before. And then I started playing the gumshoe where uh, they have the philosophy. It's not a matter that you, that you find the clue. You do find the clue. It's a matter of what the players do with it. And so I do that more often, especially with more old school systems um, when, you know, you have a role specifically for investigation and, you know, the, the 5E or other games. It kind of lends itself to rolling instead of role playing, but I still try to go for, uh, you know, let them find the clue and figure it out. All right, I'm out. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you much, Tim. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, that's the second time I had the gumshoe system mentioned to me. I'm quite intrigued. I'm not crazy about their business model, but. The game seems to intrigue me because they really don't want to put out a core gumshoe book. And I would prefer a core gumshoe book because I would rather have all the rules in one place. The reason being, it just seems like all their games have varying degrees of gumshoe in it. What I'm saying is I I compare it to the old, I compare it to hero games until they did fourth edition champions and codified everything. You had champions, but you had all these other games, which were variations on the hero rules. And they're all kind of compatible, but I had to buy every single game if I wanted every single skill or anything like that. And finally, in 4th edition, they decided, okay, enough of this. We're just going to set a point level and make everything cost the same and everything right there in the book. So that's the way they did it. And I wish Peregrine would do the same thing because I, I did send them a note on on one of their blog posts about, okay, this is what I want to do. This is why I want a regular gumshoe book, because I want to do film noir. I want to do 30s, 40s, 50s type of private eye stuff. And they pointed to, they said, Trail of Cthulhu and Pulp Mode would probably be the closest, but that's about it. So I I don't I just don't understand their business model, but I'm I'm intrigued on the game. Let me put it this this way: I'm in, I may pick up something like Trail of Cthulhu or one of their other games, just to see what it's all about. But I'm not going to be you know every genre. I'm not going to be picking it up for oh I wanted a little I wanted a little oh this has got different skills here. I got to get this book or I got this has got a different abilities here. I got to get that just to have it all. I'm not doing that again. Sorry, <laughs> but I will look into it. Tim, thanks for the email, which leads me into my topic today. I don't even know where I'm going with this. So my topic pretty much today is putting styles onto role-playing genres. Now, let me explain. There's all sorts of genres out there. 
a, a genre is a series of tropes and expectations and just the feel of something like a film or something like that. Everybody knows what the tropes are for high fantasy. Everybody knows what the tropes are for a Western or film noir or science fiction, things like that. And you just work variations on a theme inside the genre. Or sometimes you just turn it on its head. But either way, and you may even blend it sometimes. But there are also things like film noir. Film noir is not a genre. I had this explained to me, I can't remember who, one of the experts on film noir. Film noir is a style. I mean, you can stretch it and say all genres are styles, but genres tend to have this baggage, this, this package okay, if you're watching a Western, this is probably what you're going to see type of thing. And like I said, you do variations. There's there's the traditional John Wayne Western. There's the Spaghetti Western. There's the postmodern Western. There's blah, 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 right down the road. A style is something you put over a genre. A style is, because film noir, it has its certain tropes, but it's more of a plot and mental thing. It's the way you set up the story because if, okay, let's, let's take some of the tropes of film noir. You've got the isolated hero. You've got some kind of conspiracy in the background that he has to figure out. It may be some guy caught in, and also the, the, it's very, Hitchcock plays with this too. It's very one guy against the world something's happening that they have to figure out and nobody else is going to do it and they've got an uphill battle against the bad guys and sometimes the good guys, sometimes the cops. You know, you can't trust them. And that's another thing, double crosses. You can't trust hardly anybody. There's usually some kind of femme fatale in there, some some woman who is not what she seems. She may be a good guy, she may be a bad guy, she may just sell the guy, you know, throw him right under the bus things like that. It's a feeling of desperation. It's a feeling of alienation. And it's very, it's filled with shades of gray, yet it plays with black and white. Because it's funny, the the visual style of noir is very black and white. Most of them are black and white. And they use that to their advantage to show things like the darkness in a hero's soul or in a character's soul. They show like them in, in, partially, you know, black with a shadow and Venetian blinds are really popular that. So, and it's a very cynical, it's a very cynical viewpoint, worldview. But there's, there's variations on that too. So you can have a sci-fi noir, Blade Runner. Blade Runner is the perfect example of a sci-fi noir. Uh, You can have a Western noir. You can have a there's even film noir musicals. And so it's just something you overlay into a genre. Translating that into role-playing, you could probably do it. Some of the horror, horror works well with that. Horror noir, because you've already got the feeling of lost hope. And things are worse than you think they are type of thing. You find out they're worse than you think they are. So you already got that going with you. So horror is a good match for film noir if you're going to do it. But you can do it in any game. I've always wanted to do it in D&D. I think I could do a fantasy noir. Um, you just got to 
you know, prep the players for them. There used to be a book. I didn't really agree with this book, but it was a fascinating book. Uh, I used to play Mutants and Masterminds. Superhero. Superhero. They came out with Mutants and Masterminds Noir. How you can play film noir in a superhero game. The reason I didn't agree with it, because it was taking some of the film noir tropes too literally, and I just didn't see how they could use it. Like, every character had to have a fatal flaw. I felt like they were going to die at the end or something like that, or get arrested, or whatever. And I understand where they were going with this, but that to me, that's a little bit at odds with the superhero genre in particular, unless you're doing something like Watchmen or Spawn or something like that, which would this would be perfect for. And I've seen film noir in comics before. You know, I've seen the, you know, it's it's kind of a dark night of the soul thing. Uh, if you remember when Tony Stark as Iron Man was in the throes of his alcoholism, that was very, very film noir. Because he does have his, he had the whole, the whole Marvel Heroes with Feet of Clay thing. That lends itself to that too. The origin of, uh, here's another comic example. Over DC, the origin of Two-Face seems very, very film noir. It just, it just does. In fact, they actually did, when they were doing like variations on Batman stuff, they actually did one where they looked, they, they wrote it and they drew it like a black and white film noir movie. And it worked. It was, it was great. The fall of Harvey Dent. It was great. But, so, it's kind of something you overlay. you got to think about it. Take the tropes and just make them dark. You could make them darker. You can add things like alienation. You can add, because it can be an alienation. The whole group could be alienated from society or whatever. Or you'll have characters with secrets. Always characters with secrets. And sometimes you never know when somebody's, what side somebody's on. They may help you, they may hurt you. I like that kind of thing. It's kind of a, a kind of a loose cannon type, wild card type of thing. So I hope that that helps you a little bit. Just keep in mind it's an overlay. So if you have any questions or comments about that, don't forget to write me or voicemail me. Voicemail me at Anchor, and you can write me at oldmangrognard at gmail.com. And if you want to go over to Anchor and support the show by throwing a couple of bucks my way, I'd appreciate it. They got a little button there, and you can do that. So I'm going to go ahead and start my day, and I hope you folks have a really good day. And until I see you next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.